It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver. This is Mailbag episode part two. Uh, somebody asked about Bertons and Denny, why they're shining right now, and what in the world happened in D.C. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. So um, I was 0 for 2 in my playoff picks. Game 7 picks, I was 0 for 2. Um, I recorded the episode before the game started Sunday afternoon. Uh, the first game was at 3.30 Eastern time, and the Bucks got beat up by the Celtics. They got taken care of. The Celtics beat them by at least 15 points. I can put stats here. Yeah, 81 to 109. So both games were decided by 25 points or more, which is just unfortunate for a game seven. You want to see a game go, to, go down to the wire. You want to see a buzzer beater or kind of like how the Kawhi Leonard versus uh, Raptors game where the ball was just you know kind of like Plinko from the prices, right? And then it finally went in. But we got the complete opposite. Both both teams got annihilated and skunked. Uh, the Mavericks won 123 to 90, which is just ridiculous. 33, they won by 33 points. Um, the Suns, I'm just I'm shocked that Chris Paul, the legendary Chris Paul, future Hall of Famer point guard Chris Paul, and Devin Booker, elite scorer, let this happen on their home floor to the Dallas Mavericks, a game where they were favored in to win. And last year made it to the NBA Finals. Now, granted, there were some injuries. You know, Jamal Murray was injured. Um, there were a couple injuries that happened in the Western Conference that they benefited from for sure. 
Um, not to take anything away from the Suns, um, you know, Steph and Clay not being Steph, not, you know, the Warriors not making the playoffs, Clay being injured. They certainly, the Warriors are not the same team. If the Warriors were there last year, but once again, I'm not going to take too much away from the Suns, made it to the playoffs, but I mean, man, or, you know, Anthony Davis was injured last year with the Lakers too. So there are some injuries that transpired that happened and the Suns took advantage of those opportunities last year. Now, this year, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, the Mavericks, from the start, the game was over literally the first or second quarter. Like, it, it wasn't even a contest from the from the beginning of the game, from the jump. Um, I wanted, the half was a 50. It was 57 to 27 at one point in the first half. It, w- it was ridiculous. That how, that's how large the margin was. I, I was just in shock. I couldn't believe Chris Paul is letting this happen. I, I just couldn't believe it, personally. DeAndre Aiden got benched. He had an altercation with Monty Williams. <coughs> excuse me, Monty Williams. They, they um, briefly talked about that in, in the presser. So it, it was just a complete meltdown from the Suns. But the the main thing, the main takeaway from the night, of course, for us Wizards fans and people who follow the Wizards is how well Spencer Dinwiddie played. And this is the question from the mailbag. There's a couple more questions we'll get to, of course, today. But my goodness, this is from the Spanish Wizards fan um, on Twitter. Uh, SPN Wizards crew on Twitter. You can follow them if you like. Um, he says Bertans and Dinwiddie kind of shining on the Mavs. WTF is wrong in DC. This is a huge. It's, it's almost like the Twilight Zone. Like people come here and they play better. This is what I told Locked On Mavericks when we had our uh, crossover when the trade happened. I was like, hey, people leave the Wizards all the time and play better. I wrote down some names that I remember that left the Wizards and played better. Uh, Chris Webber was on the Bullets. He goes to the Kings. And he goes to the Western Conference Finals, and he's a perennial all-star, and he uh, is a potential Hall of Famer as well. Jawan Howard on the Bullets. We had some elite players on the Bullets. That Bullets team, Rod, Strzok, Rod Strickland and um, Chris Webber, Jawan Howard. We had some great young talent on that roster. Jawan Howard leaves. Um, you look at the whole Pistons 2004 championship team. Team Richard Hamilton, we traded him for Jerry Stackhouse. Look at what Richard Hamilton did perennial all star, NBA champion, potential Hall of Famer. Ben Wallace was on the Wizards. Remember, he got dunked on by Kobe. That was a bald headed Ben Wallace, not the Afro Ben Wallace, but Ben Wallace was on the Wizards, guys. If you don't know that, if you're a young pup or a young buck, Ben Wallace was on the Wizards. He was on the Wizards. Rashid Wallace was on the Wizards. Guess what? He goes to the Pistons and wins a championship. Um, guys, uh, let me see if I'm forgetting anybody. I wrote down the list of former Wizards that have left and have prospered on other teams. Now, there's many more that I could name. Um, Gary Payton II was a guy that, you know, undrafted, was on the Wizards a couple years ago, was on the G League team. Look at him with the Warriors now. You know, he's injured. He's a great 3 and D guy. He's going to get, he's going to get a nice contract. He's probably going to get a mid-level exception contract, like $10.5 million. But this is talent that we have in a roster and we let guys go. And they play better. Garrison Matthews for the Rockets. Now he's shooting better. He's playing better. He was a two-way player on the Wizards. I thought we should have kept him. But it is what it is. He's on the Rockets and he's playing better. Now they're not going anywhere. But it's just an example of another guy leaving the Wizards. Playing better. Even when we had Austin Rivers that one year. But it didn't work out. We had chemistry problems. Bradley Bill. Um, John Wall. Austin Rivers. Dwight Howard. Austin Rivers went to the Rockets. And he made the play- he went to the playoffs with the Rockets. And he played a lot better. He was scoring Shooting the three, that style of play was just better for Austin Rivers. So getting back to the point and to the question, what in the world happened, man? It, it, it's just it just I'm I'm speechless. Like, and we know as Wizards fans watching the game, Spencer Dinwiddie was not himself. Like the way he played, 
the, he was a turnstile defensively. He couldn't hit shots. He couldn't make threes. He was as slow as a snail defensively. He couldn't move his feet. He looked like a guy that was coming back from surgery. He really did. You know, he wasn't playing back-to-backs. Um, and then games – I have the numbers here. I have the numbers here with games that he did not play with Bradley. But he just looked like a totally different player. And you you have to question the front office. You have to question the coaching staff, too. Like, what in the world happened? Bradley Bill as well. You have to question him, too. But you have to look at Spencer Dinwiddie himself. Why was he shooting grenade shots at the end of the shot clock, handing the ball off for Ku- to Kuzma at one second left in the shot clock, and Kuzma has to hoist – um, a dang near 40-foot three-pointer at the end of the shot clock? Why is he, you know, shooting sidestep threes and clanking them off the side of the rim? Why is he shooting floaters and they're clanking off the side of the rim? So I know it's easy to blame the Wizards, but you got to look at Spencer Dinwiddie as well. He did not play well himself at all at, at some points. At some, in the beginning of the year, he played well, really well. And without Bradley Bill, he played really well. But I'll, I'm going to pull up some of the numbers and the stats here. And look at the percentages. Now, Bertans, I'll get to him too. Bertans is Bertans. He's gonna if he makes threes, then he's useful. If he's not making threes, then he's on the end of the bench. It's just it's as simple as that. It's as simple as but Dinwiddie's a different element. Is he better coming off the bench? Is he better uh, as the primary ball handler? That's just some things that the Wizards just never figured out. They never figured out, or they just didn't make adjustments. Wes Unsell Jr. should have seen Tommy Shepard should have seen, like, hey, these guys are not playing well together. Maybe we should stagger their minutes. Is there a way we can make this work? Um, can we play Brad at the point and then maybe have Spencer be um, a, a playoff ball a little bit? Or no, the, I'm sorry, the off ball didn't work for Spencer. It was kind of like a my turn, uh, your turn type of thing, and it, it just did not work. It did not work. But I'll get into some numbers here with Spencer without Bradley Bill and with Bradley Bill and the big difference there. But before we do that, we have a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's super easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over, under on the projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from point score to rebounds or even steals. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries. For example, so you can take the over on, let's see here, Victor Oladipo's points against the Celtics in game one, or you can take the under on Marcus Smart's points in, in game one against the Miami Heat. And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA, they have options on college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. You just get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This, in a, this is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, I just got the birthday cake puffs in the mail. They taste really darn good, especially if you put them in the fridge. They're really cold. Get, you know, get them cold, and they taste just like a candy bar. They're really – they have a nice pop to them, you know, and they, they taste – it's kind of like cotton candy, if you will. That's how they taste. They taste. I, I like them a lot, and they're super, super healthy. Um, and if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar. This limited time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. 
all built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with with built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides ton of, tons of health benefits. Go to build.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% all percent off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And all of that NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft. Mock Draft, player rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so let me pull up some numbers here just to give you guys some context. I mean, everybody knows how it just did not work with Bradley Bill, how bad, you know, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. And then Spencer Dinwiddie was a different player without Bradley Bill. So Spencer Dinwiddie averaged 10 points, five assists, and four rebounds in 31 games with Bradley Bill. Um, And then without Bradley Bill in 19 games, he averaged 17 points, 6.9 assists, and 4.5 rebounds. So basically he averaged seven more points. He averaged two more assists. He averaged basically the same amount of rebounds, but he was super clutch too. He had a 36 point game, the Pacers game. He had a big shot. The Celtics game. He had a big shot in the beginning of the career, in the beginning of his Wizards career. Um, he just played a lot better. He was more aggressive too, and he wasn't aggressive too. There were some times where he was just very unaggressive, unins- just looked uninspired. Um, he just wasn't aggressive at all. The Hornets game, one game he had zero points. He wasn't taking shots. Even in some of the good games that he had with Bradley Bill where he was clutch, he would wait until the fourth quarter to take shots and to show up in the clutch. Um, but some of that was on him. He was just being kind of very, very passive and not looking to score, not looking to take shots. He just took a back seat. And the whole thing about him saying that the role change and the presser with the Mavericks saying that Wes Unsell Jr. told him to pass the ball to Kuzma more, to KCP more, um, is their disconnect with the front office. You know, when they signed him, they looked for him to be that number two option next to Bradley Bill when they made that five-team trade, paying him a three-year, uh, basically $60 million contract. And looking at it, so he he met, all, he met all his goals for the season with his contract. Games played, he gets a, a $1.5 million uh, bonus. Making the second round, he gets paid $100,000. Making the conference finals, he also makes $571,427. You know, he loves crypto and Doge or whatever that stuff is called, NFTs. That's what he's really into. But there was a lot of bonus incentive um, incentives made in his contract. He's basically met all those for the first year of his contract. But he was brought in to be the second option. He's brought in to be a point guard. He's not a point guard. He's a combo guard. If you watch the game last night, he when he went crazy, it was against a bench unit, the second unit of the Suns. It was Torrey Craig, Cam Johnson, JaVale McGee was in the game. Landry Shamet was in the game. That's when Spencer Denny just went nuclear and went bonkers. Not to take anything away from Dinwiddie, but he played. He did play well for the whole game. It doesn't didn't matter who it was. It was Chris Paul guarding him, Booker guarding him, Mikael Bridges guard. He, he was he was cooking everybody. I'm not gonna lie to you, but for the Wizards, they should have realized. Hey, and looking at the Nets roster, when he was really good coming off the bench, they had Karis Lavert, they had D'Angelo Russell. He played really really well coming off the bench, and then when he scored 20 points a game, a lot of those games were when Kyrie Irving was not there. Kevin Durant was injured as well, and. Spencer Dinwiddie was the number one guy. Spencer Dinwiddie is better on the court when he's that number one guy with bench units being that sixth man. And the Wizards, I think they failed to realize that and stagger Brad and Spencer's uh, minutes somehow. And, and it just didn't work. You know, Spencer and Luca, they're playing really well together. But you can see how Jason Kidd brings Spencer off the bench. He brings him off the bench. 
and that's that's where he thrives. That's where he prospers, coming off the bench. Um, now, granted, Spencer had some bad games. He had two points in game five against the Suns, where they lost 110 to 80. Um, he had 10 points when they won. He had four points when they won, so he didn't really do much in a couple of games. Had 11 points when they lost to the Suns, 129 to 109. They got blown out by 20 points. Um, he had eight points in, the, in game one against Phoenix. So before that 30-point explosion game, before the last two games of the series, he was pretty pedestrian. And then also Ut- the Utah series, um, he had five points when they lost to Utah, 199. So he had some stinkers in there. He had some underwhelming games. And Mavs fans on Twitter, for sure, definitely were complaining about Spencer Dinwiddie. But he just had he just went crazy this game. He went off. He went crazy. Um, so that's it for me. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, he, he played well. He played he played really well last night. He played really well last night. But you look at the percentages too and the stats from him going to the Wizards. He shot 31% from the three-point line. With the with the Mavericks, he shot 40% from the three-point line. So a 10% difference. And also field goal percentage. He shot 37% with the Wizards. It shot 49% from the field with the Mavericks. He went from 12 points a game to 15 points a game. But if you look at the stat, the starting and coming off the bench, he started all 44 games for the Wizards. With the Mavericks, he started seven games, and then he came off. The, and then out of the twenty-three games for the Mavericks, he started seven games. He started seven games. But the question to get back to the question, you know, what's going on with those with those guys? You know, why are they playing better? Um, they're just being used correctly. Spencer Dinwiddie's being used correctly. He's in his he's in his real role where he's coming off the bench. He's coming off the bench. He's he's staggering his minutes with Luca. Coming off the bench, he's hit a couple game winners. And uh, we try to put him in a role where making him a point guard. You know, we had John Wall. We had Russell Westbrook. Now we're in point guard. Um, we're in the point guard wilderness again where we're looking for a point guard. You know, we're like, hello, we're, who's out there? Are there any point guards out there? We're in the point guard wilderness again. And Spencer Denry, he's not a point guard. This is what he is. Can he be a, a primary ball handler and score? He's more of a scoring guard. That's what he is. And we, we tried him, and Bradley Bill is a scoring guard. So we had two scoring guards out there at the same time trying to take turn, your turn, my turn kind of thing out there. That's that's what happened. Bertans, like I said, he is what he is. Um, and then Spencer didn't get along with some guys. There was rumors that teammates didn't like him. Um, and then, you know, he started singing and, and saying a lot of stuff about the, the team um, when they left. And, you know, talked about the locker room and guys not getting along. Um, and then saying that Wes wanted him to pass the ball to Kuz and KCP. So. And they're looking for a pass first point guard, so he doesn't fit. You know, they Tommy Shepard has to do. He has to make. He has to. He has to hit on this point guard this this summer. They cannot make another mistake here. You're saying you want a pass first point guard, so that does not mean go out there and get a scoring guard that's better coming off the bench. You you just don't make that move. You cannot make that mistake again. You can't. You can't make the mistake. Um, but yeah, we'll do one more question. And um, but like like I said again, once again, it, it's on Spencer too. He it looked like he didn't even want to play at some point, some point. And then with the Mavericks, he found new life. Um, but yeah, we got one more question here, and then we'll wrap it up, and then we'll get ready for the lottery on Tuesday. I will be going live for the lottery, so stay tuned for that. I will be going live at either nine o'clock Eastern to react to our where where we fall in the lottery. Did we get lucky? Hopefully, we can get the top four pick, and we can get Jay Nivey. That's what I'm hoping. I'm crossing my fingers. On that Jaden Ivy at four, that's what I really, really want. If we, if we get that fourth pick, and then we'll talk about whether we, we should trade the pick or not. If we stay at nine or ten, can we possibly package that pick for somebody else or just stay there and hopefully Benedict Mathurin falls 
to the Washington Wizards at 10. But before we get to the last question here, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. All right, so I was wrong with my pick, so I know it's hard for you guys to listen to me, but BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so the last question here for the mailbag today. We have, we're have going to be doing a mailbag later this week because you guys put in a good amount of questions. I want to thank you guys for submitting your questions again. So this one is a this is a long question. I might have to um, finish this up on the next episode too. So this is from GP on YouTube. He says, "Hi guys, I don't get the I don't get the opportunity to watch many Wizards game games. So was hoping for some insight on rotations. What has stopped the head coach from starting Denny at the one or a point guard with limited cast space? It looks like the Wizards are running it back with almost the same roster. What changes can be made to get this team to the playoffs?" Potential rotation, Denny with 32 minutes per game, Bill with 35 minutes per game, Rui with 35 minutes per game, Kuzma with uh, 35 minutes per game, Porzingis with 32 minutes per game, KCP 25 minutes per game, Gaff 20 minutes per game, Kisper 16 minutes per game, first round pick Ty Ty Washington, Jaden Ivey, Jaden Hardy, Blake Wesley, J.D. Davidson, or et cetera, 10 minutes per game. Um, so this is a good question, but Denny getting 32 minutes per game, I could kind of see that happening. He he was around 20, 25 minutes per game. Bill getting 35. He's going to get more than 35 minutes per game. Rui, 35 minutes per game. He has to improve defensively to get that. Kyle Kuzma getting 35 minutes per game. I don't see that happening. Now, KCP is going to get more than 25 minutes per game the way that they played him last year. It seems like they, they really like him and they value, you know, his defensive aggressiveness or his his um, his his willingness to guard the best player and move his feet and you know, calls, disruption, steals, deflections, et cetera. And he shot the three at a high clip. He shot really well. He shot pretty well from the three-point line this year. He was our best three-point shooter uh, between him, Kispert, between him and Kispert. Um, actually, KCP was our best three-point shooter this year. And uh, Rui was, but the sample size of the threes wasn't as much as KCP's. Um, Dale Gaffer, 20, 20 minutes a game. That's that's about right. Check mark on that. Kispert, 16 minutes a game. That's, that's about right. Maybe a little bit more. Um, Ty Ty Washington will see at 10, Jaden Ivey at 10. I think realistic is ben- Benedict Mathurin or uh, Tari Eason from LSU or uh, Johnny Davis at 10. I like Jaden Hardy a lot. I-, I would I would take Jaden Hardy at 10. I wouldn't mind that because he can score, he can shoot, and he can fill it up. The Wizards need more scores. They need more guys who can create a shot for themselves as well um, and finish around the rim. 
Um, the Denny question at, at the one we I've talked about this before. You know, the ball handling has to improve. He has a really high handle because he's six nine. Uh, can barely dri- he has to improve dribbling with his left hand for one. And when he when Javon Carter for the Nets was guarding him, he plugged Denny. So he has to work on that. There's going to be some six feet six, like like him playing one and going up against the Drew Holidays of the world. And there's not a lot of Drew Holidays of the world, but Marcus Smart. Those elite defensive guards who get really low to the ground and low to the earth. When Denny gets up across half court, he's going to have to turn his back to the basket and just get the ball up very quickly. So those are question marks for me. Bowling, you really have to work on your left hand. If you're going to be a point guard, that can't be a weakness. You cannot be a one-hand ball-dominant player. If you're going to be a point guard, you have to be ambidextrous. You have to be able to dribble with both hands at a high level to be to be a point guard. Can it be a secondary playmaker and a ball handler? Somebody that can, you know, facilitate an offense from time to time. Sure. Can you get the rebound and go? Sure. Full-time point guard. I don't know about that. But starting at the one, I don't I don't see that happening at all. Can they try it and experiment from time to time? Sure. I would like to see it here, but I, I just don't see him being a point guard because of those things that I said. I've seen him get ripped by lower um defensive minded guards that are six feet, like a Gary Payton a second, you know, from the Warriors, you know, who guys who pick up full court against Denny is, is going to be capable to handle the ball and handle that pressure. Those are the question marks for me with Denny. But Denny's a good ball handler. For a guy who's 6'9", I think he's a good ball handler. just has to work on that left hand for sure. Um, with limited ca- – what changes can be made to get this team to the playoffs? Um, to make the playoffs, which I think they can do that if everybody stay, if Porzingis stays healthy, Bradley Bill stays healthy, of course, Kuzma, um, Rui takes somewhat of a leap. Denny has to make a leap as well. Um, from a free agency standpoint, we're over the cap. Um we don't have much caps. We, we're, we're over the we're over the salary cap, so we're we're gonna have to use the mid level exception to sign somebody, uh, or the biannual exception, or sign guys with veteran minimum deals like Howell Neto. We signed him with a veteran minimum deal. Sadaransky was on a, on, a, on a minimum deal for the second half of the year. We can't just outright go there and sign somebody in free agency. And if we do, it has to be a sign and trade, just like last year when we got Dinwiddie. It was a sign and trade to uh, stay, you know, stay within the cap limitations and not go into the luxury tax. Do the Wizards want to go into the luxury tax to add people? Most likely not. Ted Leonsis most likely does not want to do that. Maybe if they were championship contenders, he would go into the luxury tax. But some of the changes that I feel like that can make them a playoff team more than a playing team or really in the seventh or eighth seed and make the playoffs. Um, drafting Benedict Mathurin at 10. Um, sign him Malik Monk or for the mid-level exception, and he can play the three. Um, and the point guard for me, um, you could sign DeLon Wright or Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, excuse me. Um, but you would probably have to trade for Tyus Jones because he's going to make more than the mid-level exception. So the, the, the Grizzlies have two first round picks. So you would trade KCP in that first for Tyus Jones in their first, but you would be moving back in the draft and you would be getting pick. 20, I got to look it up, but the Grizzlies have two uh, later round picks, latter round picks in the 20s. So KCP, you could do a swap KCP for Tyus. If the Grizzlies play hardball, then, hey, KCP and you swap first. You could do something like that. Now, you will be passing up on talent. I know a lot of Wizards fans would not like that trade, but if they're really desperate for a point guard, trade KCP and a first for Tyus and a first, and you get more roster balance. You know, you have um, Tyus at the one, a pass-first point guard that can score and shoot the three and play defense. Kate, and then you have Bradley Bill at the two, at the shooting guard position. At the three, give me Malik Monk, sign Malik Monk for the mid-level, sign Malik Monk for the mid-level exception. Or um, there's another shoot, uh, 
uh, Gary Harris from the Orlando Magic, possibly for the mid-level exception. Um, Otto Porter for cheap veteran minimum deal. Jeff Green, veteran minimum deal. Kuzma at the four. Zingas at the five. And then maybe if Jaden Hardy falls to the 20s, you get Jaden Hardy. Because there's a lot of mock drafts that I've seen where Jaden Hardy has been in the 20s. So that would just be a dream scenario scenario, scenario if Jaden Hardy drops that far. Or even Ty Ty Washington. I've seen Ty Ty Washington and Kennedy, Kennedy Taylor drop into the 20s as well. So there's some there's some guys that you can get value. J.D. Davidson has, has been projected to, to a second-round pick. I'm pretty – from Alabama, I'm pretty high on J.D. Davidson, Davidson as well. He's an athletic – he was a freshman. He was super athletic. Um, made the all-freshman team in the SEC. Can facilitate. He can make – one. he's like Sharif Cooper last year from Auburn. He made a lot of nice behind-the-back passes, no-look passes. So he, he can facilitate. He's super athletic. He just has to get stronger, his play game strength. He has to get stronger. That's normal for every 19-year-old or 18-year-old coming into 19-year-old coming into the league. But I love his athleticism. I love his creative creativity. I love his ball handling. I love his aggressiveness, his first step, and he brings some explosiveness and athleticism. And some, like I said, creativity offensively and a guy who can create and get a basket for himself. And he's he's capable, he's a he's a he's a capable shooter from the three-point line as well. So I like JD Davidson a lot. I don't I just don't know. I think it's a first round talent. In my opinion, I think he's a first round talent. So for me to just to make the playoffs, I'm talking about playoffs. I think those moves, possibly getting to Tyus Jones or trading for a Monte Morris from the Denver Nuggets. Like I said, KCP to the Nuggets for Monte Morris. You swap first round picks, and um, give me. I like Malik Monk a lot at that small four position. I would love to see him. Super athletic. He shot over thirty seven percent from the three point line, about thirty nine percent from the three point line, and he's athletic. He's a he's a lob threat. He fences around the rim. Brings athleticism to the to the team. He's a capable defender. He's a ball handler. He can create a shot for himself as well. And he would bring some some aggressiveness and some of that dog that uh, Bradley Bill is looking forward to the roster. So, um, but that's all I got for today. Um, I will be making my picks tomorrow for the Celtics Heat series and the Mavericks Warriors series. I get the I'll, I'll talk about that tomorrow. And then, uh, like I said, I'm gonna try to go live for the lottery. Hope to see you guys there around nine o'clock when they announce it. All right, you guys. Just want to thank you guys for listening. And making Lockdown Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second lesson Lockdown NBA from the first jump ball of the plan tournament to the last possession of the finals. Lockdown experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. I want to thank you guys for listening and watching. Make sure you guys subscribe to Lockdown Wizards on YouTube or wherever you get a podcast. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.